You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good Wednesday morning, everybody. I am Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for March 1st, episode 3128, brought to you today by State Line Tech. Good morning, horse people. Ah, Wednesday, the day we cover Glenn's favorite topic, <laughs> horse health. And Jamie makes you feel better about yourself with the latest weird news from around the world. Happy Wednesday. Well, happy Wednesday, everybody. Do you like, like that it. one? I like it. <laughs> He's so good. That guy is so good. So uh, today we hear from Jamie about her wild night. Why do these things always happen at night? Uh, and of course, you probably all know what we're talking about, the tornadoes. She was in the middle of a tornado outbreak the other night, so I want to hear all about that. Um, and also, we have Kristen Janicki, who's coming to come on and discuss some common nutrition myths. I have a couple of big announcements, and uh, we have some weird news. Plus, in the Auditor Post Show, Jamie went to the chicken auction again. We need to get you a life. We really do. I know. <laughs> I'm going to detail the how I need a life, but yeah. <laughs> you need friends or something. I don't know. Hey, a couple, uh, one thing before we get started with the show and hear all about Jamie's adventures. Um, we will be doing a listener and friend meetup on Saturday. That's this Saturday at the All for the Horses Expo at the World Equestrian Center. This is their first expo. They're expecting 100 vendors. So we're going to meet at noon at Ralph's Burgers, which is straight across the street from the expo center beside the huge indoor or huge outdoor arena so you go out of the expo center walk straight across behind the outdoor arena that's the big one with eight thousand purple seats uh, and then ralph's is right there it's the closest restaurant to the expo so that's where we're going to meet at noontime uh if you're if you're there at the show or whatever uh we would love to see you. i know we have some auditors that are visiting that are going to be joining us as well uh, we also have two big announcements today i'll do one right now uh this one i'm very excited about if you missed out on winning the Wintech saddle at Christmas, you have another chance. And you don't have to sing and dance this time. It's just register for your chance to win. So go to horseradionetwork.com right now. Click on the register to win banner at the top of the page. Just go in there and register. That's all you have to do. All entries must be submitted by April 14th. And we're going to draw the winner at Equine Affair in Ohio on April 16th on Horses in the Morning. You don't have to be present to win. You can be at home listening. That's fine. Uh, and one entry per email. So go to horseradionetwork.com, click on the banner, and get your chance to win a brand new WinTech saddle. And I heard from the lady, I'll read her email on Friday, the lady who won the the saddle uh, at Christmas time. So uh, I will definitely uh, read that on Friday. So that's uh, the beginning of the announcements. That's my first big announcement. Another chance to win a saddle. Who doesn't want to win a saddle? Everybody wants to win I mean, to win come a on. Yeah. So let's do some daily winnies. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy, happy birthday to you. 
Well, we have some birthdays, uh, some auditor birthdays. Nicole Mauser-Store, Jennifer Morlane, Kat Thompson, and Patty Perucci, host of the Healthy Critters radio show. Plus, uh, so happy birthday to all of you. Plus, some new auditors. We had Janet Howe signed up. So welcome, Janet. We're so glad you joined the auditor party. And Janine Ward raised her pledge. So thank you, Janine. We appreciate that as well. And now we're going to see if Jamie can get through her daily Winnie because she's got a cold. Yes, I do have a cold just to add to the fun. I think I'm getting a sinus infection. <laughs> Talk about everything in a week. <laughs> I mean, it's been awesome. Uh, my daily Winnie goes out to my local community. Obviously, we had, I think there was 15 plus tornadoes in Oklahoma on Sunday night, and it was just utter madness. We knew weather was coming in. I mean, that's what's great about having being in Oklahoma is they have all of the weather weather centers are right here. I mean, the biggest one is um, two miles away from me. So they, they told us severe weather is coming in Sunday night. Expect winds of up to 80 to 110 miles they an hour. They were expecting it to be one of those, I don't even know how you say the word. Derecho, yeah. And that's like the straight line winds, right? Yes. And okay. so it gets cra- it's cra- cra- crazy. So we, um, you know, I come home. I've taken Lucas to his activity. Chad is, of course, gone on a trip. And so I take Lucas to thing. We hustle home. I put him in the house. I'm like, get a shower right now because you can't shower in severe weather and lightning and stuff. So he goes in the showers. I go down and I get the horses up and in. And I've got, you know, enough stalls for a bunch of the horses. But there's the horse and hound horses have a, a shelter and then a border horse has a shelter. So I was like, Max, you're going to stay out here. You have a shelter. Make good decisions use it. and use it. I <laughs> stuffed it with alfalfa hay and all the things. I put it, everything in there, hay and water to make them comfortable. Same with the mares from Horse and Hound. And again, sorry, I have a cold. Um, so you kind of do what you do. I've got hurricane straps on the roof of the barn and, you know, you just kind of do what you do. You bring them in. I bring them in because I'm concerned about, um, things flying around in the wind. Well, do you, you know? have other properties around you that you don't know if they're bringing their stuff from the backyard in chairs and all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah. So I'm more worried about things that are blowing around and, um, it's a good thing I do. So, Get up. We start watching the news and, and they kind of track them and we can see them getting closer and closer and closer. And um, so was then, this after dark? It was after dark, right? Yes, Sunday. of course it was after dark. It I, always uh, happens at night. Hurricanes it's not at supposed night. to. This <laughs> never happens, Glenn. Okay. One of the things I hear all the time is this never happens. So if somebody asked me to move out. Because like all the things that never happened have happened since I've been here. And they're like, it must be you. You need to go. Um, so it never happens that there's tornadoes in February. It never happens that they're at night. And uh, of course, tornado, February, nighttime. I put Lucas to bed, but I put him in my bed. And we have a tornado shelter in our house. Tell everybody and what your tornado shelter is, which is kind of unique. It's it's a pantry, basically a, a pantry that is made out of concrete is the first thing they built in the house. And so it's pretty crazy looking. It's a bunker, right? I mean, And it's a bunker. It's like a safe room. Um, does it have a metal in, door? It does. It has a metal door with three locks. You register it with the city. So if oh, something really? happens, they, yeah, they check all the shelters because if the house falls down around you, you're stuck in the shelter. Yeah. So you go in with things like shoes, 
all your important uh, paperwork, your documents, blankets, water, you know. So I had prepped the shelter that afternoon just in case. Had you I mean, used I, it yet? Or is it, no. Oh, okay. No. But I'm by myself and I'm with a kid, four dogs, and you'll learn later <laughs> oh that God. I now have a bird. So I'm like, I've got to get and guinea pigs. And I'm like, okay, um, I have all these things. I'm going to prep the shelter. I got everything out. The thing that is actually normally in the shelter, it's our liquor cabinet and our medicine cabinet. Well, you're good um, if you get stuck. Exactly. <laughs> so we put a bunch of water in there. We put a bunch of blankets in there just in case I had to wake Lucas up in the middle of the night and get him in the shelter, which, of course, as you all know, I'm watching TV and they're talking about a tornado in El Reno, which is northwest of us, like. Uh, west of Oklahoma City, and all of a sudden, the sirens go off. They weren't even talking about it on the news, but the sirens start going off, and I'm like, oh, oh, okay, let me see the news. Boom, power goes off. So mm. I have nothing. Now, what you do Could you is you hear the wind at that point. Oh God, it was it was insane. It was crazy. So. You know, uh, people in Oklahoma are like, I heard the sirens. I didn't go to my shelter. But that's not me. I'm I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. I'm not an Oklahoma person. I'm not a professional. And I'm also, at this point, a single mom with a bunch of animals. So I go wake up Lucas and I'm like, hey, buddy, we're going to go in the shelter. And he's like, you know what? Uh, what? So I get him up, get him in the shelter, lay him down. I go get all the dogs. And we uh, all of us. How did you in- convince four dogs to get in that tiny room? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's also, as you'll learn, the chicken auction, a parakeet, okay, in oh. a cage. And so I've got the parakeet in in the shelter, and I've got the dogs. So Danny, it, Border Collie Cross, is on top of Lucas. She's like, this is the greatest thing ever. I get to be in the house laying on the kids. It's awesome. Then I have Zenyatta, uh, who's on the left, and she is scared of storms. So she's like, high alert. And then I've got Bella, who's also scared of storms. She's a basset hound. And then I've got Homer, who's laying on top of me, trying to eat the bird. And I've got all of us are crammed into this tiny little safe room. I mean, uh, it's it's small, so it's not like it it's fits small. a whole bunch of us. I saw it. It's small. And did you close the door? Oh, yeah. Close yeah. the door and lock the door because the sirens are going off. And usually if it's a warning. They'll go off once. These were like nonstop. Mm. And so I, I'm trying to log on to the app to watch the news because they have an app that you can then turn to because you charge your phone. You you know you have to charge your phone up and get it ready. Well, so many people are texting me. I can't watch the app because everybody in the area is watching it and they see where it's going, oh. which is my house. Um, and so I'm getting all these texts. I can't watch the thing. And all I'm, all I know is like my friend Larissa is texting me. Uh, she's like, are, are you in, are you in? And then I've got another friend texting. Are you, you get in your shelter, get in your shelter right now. And all these texts are coming through, get in the shelter, get it. It's right out. It was right out your window. And uh, I mean, could, hey, from in the shelter, that even has a concrete roof. If I remember right, does, can you hear anything in there? Oh yeah, because there's a um like a pipe that goes up oh, to the top, air. so you have air. Yeah. Um, so you can hear, and that thing is whirring around, and all I know is like, okay, um, so so I think it was around ten, and around ten thirty, everybody had said, okay, you're clear, because the storm was moving like really fast. They said eighty miles an hour, in and out. But then there were just spin-ups happening everywhere, all over the place, and so I get that. I, my friend Larissa is like, I, I would get out now. And I was like, that means I need to stay in here another 15 minutes because <laughs> you're an Oklahoma person. So we finally emerge 
And I get a phone call from the people that have two horses here boarded and in training and they live two miles away. And he calls me and he's like, how's the barn? How's the barn? How's the barn? And I was like, I don't know. I just came out of this shelter. It's pitch black. And so I was like, I got to put Lucas to bed and then I'll go check. And I was like, what's going on with you? He's like, everything's gone. Everything's gone. We, we, our house is, our, our house is missing part of the roof. Um, but our house is there, but they have 50 trees in their front yard. Everything's gone. They couldn't even get out. They had to like put it in four wheel drive to even try to get out. And they're trying to come to my house. And I was like, so they got so, hit. So they got hit. And so I called Ginger who lives in the tiny house down at the front of the property. And I'm like, what is going on? Is the barn still standing? And she says, yes, I can see the barn. The barn's still standing, but there's some things out in the pasture. Okay, let me get Lucas to bed and I'll get some clothes on and I come down to the barn and we're missing a horse. And I was just it wasn't like, Zeus. We know that. I so. know. Thank God. <laughs> it's, but I have another Zeus now. His name is Max and Max is being boarded. And she's like, I can't find Max. And Max <laughs> is the one who I kissed on the nose. And I said, make good decisions. Stay in here. <laughs> uh, well, apparently in the storm, I have a bunch of electric fence. And so all that electric fence was pulled up. And I also have a couple old outbuildings that were here before we came. And those roofs are gone lifted off and there's like metal pieces all over the pasture. So it's, it's pitch black. And by the way, Max is black and white, but mostly black. So I am carrying a halter walking around pastures with a cell phone flashlight looking for a black horse. And, and, uh, and I, sh so she takes one and I take the other and we're trying to avoid, uh, you know, all of the roofing pieces that are in the pasture. And I hear, I found him, I found him. Because the electric fence had lifted out of the ground, he was quite a ways away in another pasture. And so I was able to go grab him. And he's real spooky anyway. So I'm like, I walk up with the halter and the cell phone flashlight. I'm like, hi, friend. <laughs> he's just had a rough time. He didn't You're want to see you. <laughs> so pretty. I love you so much. What a good boy. You know, and he at this point is like, Please take me. Oh, yeah. I'm done me. with this. <laughs> I can't do this any longer. So I, I, the horses that have nothing in their pasture, I put them out. I bring him in. I've got Jack, the old horse. I've got Duke, the old horse. I've got Effie, the baby. I'm like, y'all are living in here, but we have no power and, and we're on a well. So no, there's no water. Now I'd fill up some tubs. We're like lugging tubs around. We're moving stuff around. We've got horses in. We've got horses out. It was just utter chaos. And again, it's like. 11:30 at night at this point and we finally get everything battened down and the people that lost their house that have horses boarded i had to call them i'm like i found max we're good he's good everybody's good no injuries here um and she was they, they were just like it's pitch it's pitch black but like we, we don't know what to do i mean this is a mess like it is a mess so the next yeah, morning they couldn't first, stay in their house right yeah but they could stay in their house but the houses around them are are gone are gone um so they they open up shelters everywhere but there's no power and there are electric light poles just across every road so the next morning when you start to look at the aftermath the actual path of the tornado was less than a, a mile from me where the as the crow flies and went uh, this swath from southeast to northwest and hit several farms and houses and the local eventing 
facility, Feather Creek Farm, was is destroyed. That's I mean, the one we saw the pictures of the roof gone? The roof was ripped off. All the horses are still in the stalls, and the roof was ripped off. Can you imagine? How did the horses not get sucked out? I always wonder about that. I know? don't know. I don't know. I mean, divine intervention, I guess. You know, none of them the were horses hurt? were fine. A little all terrorized, horses, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. Um, but, th- you know, they have a GoFundMe for Feather Creek you can go look at, but it is just terrifying, the whole the whole situation. And we went over to our friends who lost a lot. And, I mean, all of, all of us who were involved realized how lucky we are because nobody got hurt. You know, no humans got hurt. None of our animals got hurt. I mean, it was as as lucky and beautiful uh, of a situation as you can have in that type of situation. And again, I'm like, how big a dumbass am I to move to this godforsaken tornado alley place? Like, geez, Louise, no wonder the land is so cheap. It's because this place is godforsaken tornado Philip, I'm like, uh, you know what? I'm not the only person that lives here. Other people live here. I can't be the only crazy person. Only, everybody's crazy lives around here. Why would you live here? I don't know. I live here because family lives here and it was not my choice. And it's not anything I could do about it. So I'm stuck here. On the positive the note, though, how long have you lived there? <sighs> um, on the positive note, I've lived here now, I think, three and a half years. And this is the first real close one. Yeah, that is enough. It because the South has been getting, you would have had more closer ones living in Georgia the last couple of years. It's, I know. The South has been getting hammered. They're going to get hammered it, again today and tomorrow. It doesn't matter where you live. You're going to have yeah. something. But like my, I talked to my stepdad yesterday and he's like, "Man, hurricanes don't seem so bad. And I'm like, yes, they do. <laughs> Yeah. How about terrible. how about ten feet of snow in California? That's just nuts, right? It doesn't matter where you live; you're going to have snow, earthquakes, tornadoes. Uh, well, you hurricanes. did scare thousands of people the other night. We were all, as you know, because you kept getting messages from all of us. So yeah, and and that's what I just want to send out love to all of you that messaged me. Can I can I give you a little sure. piece of my? Yeah, we have actual real life here is that I had a friend in Colorado message me. The people that I bought red from in New Jersey messaged me. I had friends in California message me. I had friends in Florida message me. I had a friend in Maine message me. Do you know how many of my family members messaged me? <laughs> Zero. Well, they were letting you, they knew you were going to be dealing with things. They didn't want to. I called my dad yesterday and I'm like, hey. And he's like, how are you doing? <laughs> I don't know, Dad. Do you want to ask maybe how things turned out after the tornado? And he's like, what? I'm like, Dad, you watch a local, you watch like Fox 5 all the time. You cannot tell me. This is like national news. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. My brother clicked like on my post, so he's in the know. <laughs> my other brother, no message. My mom called yesterday and was like, wow, how's it going? I was like, oh, my God. My in-laws just got power yesterday. They live a mile away. Um, it's definitely and they were closer. To, they're closer to town, aren't they? They are. They're about a mile closer, but it, it, it doesn't matter. A farm boy came out yesterday or day before yesterday, and it took him. It was usually a ten-minute drive. It took him an hour to get here because of all the road closures and all the power lines down and everything. It's just utter crazy chaos and it will remain that way. I I know Feather Creek has asked people like, if you're just driving by, please stop in and help 
pick up things. And that's what I've been doing is I'm going around. Yeah, what my, about the roof? You need to get that out of the field, right? Yeah, I mean, th- well, that's what we did the next morning is like Chad got the tractor out and we went and picked up big roof pieces and we took them out to the road because if they declared a national disaster, then things will be picked up off the road. Um, but we have a dumpster, so we are picking everything up and moving everything around. And then I have to get the magnet out the giant push magnet and i mean i i vacuumed up a billion nails rusty nails and and all that and i did at yesterday i offered feather creek i was like hey i've got now i've got my paddocks cleaned up i've got two extra paddocks if you guys need anything and i haven't heard anything so i did offer to allow horses to come here but i had to get my stuff cleaned up first you know before i could put a horse in the pasture with nails and i mean it's i'm sure there's still things out there, but man, I walked over that thing with this little roller magnet 10,000 times. And so it's definitely crazy. It's definitely Can horrifying. It, we definitely got lucky. And well, we're we all like, glad you're okay and that everybody's all right. There were a couple things from the pictures. You drove around and took some pictures in the neighborhood there. Yeah. there a couple things that stood out to me. And one is the question always comes up. And, and it was, I saw people asking you, what'd you do? Did you bring them in or put them out? We've had this conversation how many times in this show over the years? Do you put the horses in the barn during bad weather, hurricanes, whatever, or leave them out? And there's people that believe both. I, you, we're like you can't you can't outrun debris. Well, that's it. We're like you. The debris is what our our concern is. Um, so, but the the fencing that was the vinyl fencing that oh, you took man. pictures vinyl fencing did not fare well. No. No. Oh my God! It just snapped it off. Where did it all it's go? Gone. Uh, no, it was in trees. So all the vinyl fencing that I saw, you'll see. I also posted pictures of vinyl fencing up in trees, and um, at Feather Creek they use vinyl fencing, but only for like the pretty entrance, and it doesn't house any horses. I learned in Arizona you can't have vinyl fencing because the sun yeah it makes, just it just makes it just dissipate. Yeah, right. But yeah, the vinyl fencing. Anybody that had that, it was just gone. Um, well, then you got to th- figure those posts, the way they break, they're sharp, sharp points. Mm-hmm. And those are flying through the air at 100 miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, you know, so when I first moved here, I said, what do you do with the horses? You bring them in, leave them out. The thing is, there's usually hail associated with weather, and hail makes horses run. You know, they don't like, oh, let me get under that shelter. They're like, oh, my God. And yeah. so they start running. The other thing is debris flying around. Yes, they can like outrun roofs? a tornado. But like roofs, <laughs> yeah. like metal, jagged fencing, all the things that, that have broken. I mean, if you go back and watch um, The Wizard of Oz, go look. There's a dang cow flying around <laughs> in that thing. You never know. Well, you I mean, know? it turns tractor trailer trucks upside down. So, you know. It, you know, and the local news the next day was out of the area, and they're like, they're like, look at this. This whole car is just covered with insulation. The whole car is covered with insulation. It's amazing. Look, it looks like it snowed right on this car. Amazing. And then they pan back, and there's a car that is on top of another car. And I'm like, there's your story, you dingbat. <laughs> like, the other thing I saw, too, speaking of cars in the news there, is that all the cars looked like they had been – had. They just look like they, it wasn't hail, but they had dents in all through the side. So something, rocks or something was hitting that car. All debris yeah. flying around. So yeah, somebody told me when I first moved here, you know, and it might have been Patty, our listener, like you, you bring them in and I'm like, well, she's like, it protects you from debris. And I was like, but what about if the tornado hits the 
actual barn. And she was like, might have been I remember who it was. They said, you walk in the barn and you kiss him on the nose and you tell him you'll see him tomorrow. And that's the best you can do because if you turn him out, the debris is going to get him. And if you leave him in, it's a direct hit. It's just a horrible reality to be faced with. Um, so we did the best we can, you know, more, I have a Morton barn and our roof is rated for, we had to give next of kin information when we were buying the barn. So that, and we have hurricane straps on our house. So that we, we went all out. Not, not everybody has the opportunity to do that. So I do understand. And obviously Feather Creek suffered, uh, the, the, the old, old barn roof ripped off kind of thing. Um, hopefully they have really good insurance and they'll be able to build back stronger. Well, the other thing, uh, so the vinyl fencing was, that was the biggie there. That was my big takeaway. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, when we had, uh, we lived in Pennsylvania, our first farm was hundred acres and we had a blizzard that had 10 foot drifts and it was just, we were without power for a week and it was bad. Uh, but it ripped most of the metal roof off the barn the problem mm-hmm. with that is the pieces of metal roof were all through the paddocks in snow drifts. Oh, God. So you couldn't see them. So we had to literally wait for the snow to melt to get the metal out of the snow to be able to put the horses out in most of our fields because they were filled with these these big chunks of tin. Yeah, and that's what we had to do is walk around and pick yeah. up metal. Same thing. We didn't have snow, thank God. Yeah, because, you know, we... You know, we couldn't oh. walk through it either because you'd cut yourself. You didn't know where they were. They were buried. Mm-hmm. You know, so imagine that metal roof flying around with horses are outside. You know, just I'm all we always went for the bring them in. And it was what you said. It was, look, if it's a direct hit, nothing's going to help. Right. If it's a direct yeah. hit goes across your farm, your horses are gone anyway. Um, at least this way they have a shot. <laughs> yeah. And I'll still take hurricanes, by the way, over your situation because we know it's coming for days. The, the problem with those tornadoes is you just don't know. But I'm glad you got in the shelter. I wasn't sure you'd ever do that. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, I definitely, I'm not ashamed. I was in there. I mean, again, every single person in the local area was calling me like, get in your shelter. It's right outside your window. I'm like, that's fun. That This is really <laughs> relaxing. You know, what's really cool is Lucas was like, my throat hurts because, of course, he gave me this cold. And I was like, oh, ooh, there's an equal right here. Here you go. Take a little sip. How did you all fit? <laughs> I took pictures, actually. So I was, was up tight. against the door. The darn parakeet is to my left. Homer is on my left trying to eat the parakeet, who I eventually covered with a blanket. Bell is on my right, on my right leg. Homer's on my left leg. Zinni's packed up against the wall. Lucas and Danny are laying out like they're in, you know, laying by the pool. They're just, they're <laughs> just snuggling and having a good time. So, But at one point I was like, I can't feel my legs. I can't feel my legs. I've gotten numb from sitting up against this door. I was like, I need to stand up. I got to get out of here. Uh, but it, it, again, you're not in it tremendously long, Lord willing. Yeah, that know? is the difference with the hurricane where you're 14 hours of 100 mile an hour winds. Yeah. yeah. No, this is like it's it's here and it's gone and you just kind of go and look at it. Again, this is my first experience with something like this. So I don't know. Now, was Chad flying through it? Oh, God, can you imagine the stress of your husband watching this as he's not here, Hmm. you know? And so he was actually in the air flying back to Dallas when it happened. And so he landed in Dallas at 11, 12 o'clock. Oh, he Um, must have been a mess. (laughs) Oh, God. And he drove... He got he got in about 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, wow. Um, And the power came back on about 4, 
which is always fun. You're like in the middle of sleeping and all of a sudden, oh! Yeah, you just got to sleep (laughs) you said the next morning you were you were a trooper you you texted me we were texting and you texted me and said well the power's back on i could do the show i was like hell no go out and deal with your situation oh thank god i was like i just (laughs) i don't know what i'm supposed to do i can do it i guess i mean i'm physically capable but i just yeah and so that next no cleanup takes longer than you think yeah and again again i'm so lucky we got so lucky. We were able to get cleaned up in, you know, about half the day it took to clean up. And, and I mean, there's still stuff to be done, but for the, you know, I was back to being functional. I was back to training horses yesterday, which is incredible. Um, but there are definitely people that did not experience that. And I'm so sorry for you. And I'm going to try to help as much as I can. All right. Very good. Well, thanks for your report. And we're, we're all glad that you're all okay. Um, and we're thinking about everybody that lost their farms and um, houses and all of that. And we're wishing everybody good luck that is in the South and also California right now. Oh, California. Uh, t- 10 feet of snow. When I saw the video of some of the snow on the roads and the cars stuck in it, I've never seen that much snow on a road. That was I crazy. think I saw one police uh, tweet that was like, the roads are closed. Yes. <laughs> all of them. Too. Do not go anywhere. <laughs> If you are where you're not supposed to be, we do. We are sorry that that is that uh, you've made bad decisions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just don't call us. We're tired of rescuing your ass. Uh, anyway, Stateline Tech right now. I went over there to statelinetech.com and I found that they have a whole bunch of new Ariat stuff that has come in. So you can check that out. Uh, they got Ariat, a bunch of new Ariat boots. I cannot believe Ariat has come out with new cowboy boots. They have a thousand styles already. They don't have any, so they need more. <laughs> a thousand styles of cowboy boots, and now there's more styles. I, it's, I don't know. I want to know how many styles of cowboy boots there are in the world. The one thing they did get is new uh, terrain boots. I did notice when I was at Wisa that they redesigned the terrain boots, and that's the paddock boot like uh, that a lot of people wear those. Uh, and they got new shirts and tops and uh, breeches and all kinds of stuff uh, from Ariat now available. There is, as a matter of fact, of the new products that have come out, there's uh, almost 40 of them. So you want to check those out right now at statelinetech.com for all the new Ariat stuff. I know a lot of you are Ariat lovers. Uh, and you can see if, if you need a new pair of cowboy boots, they got new ones for you. Nobody will have the same ones uh, in your area for a while. So be the first. Go get your new pair of cowboy boots today at statelinetack.com. Did they tell you, by the way, about Ariat's name when you were owning tack shops? Or do you even know what Ariat is? I used to, but I don't anymore. So it's part of the word secretariat, supposedly. That's what I've heard. I don't know. I've never heard it's that. It's secretariat, but it's Ariat. <laughs> Ariat. <laughs> A-R, because his name is spelled S-E-C-R-E-T-A-R-I-A-T. Well, that makes sense then. Isn't that cool? Yeah, I didn't know that. There. You were today years old when you learned something. (laughs) Yes, I was. Uh, Let's get to our first, our only guest of the day. And we're going to, it is brought to you by Daily Dose Equine, non-GMO core nutrition for horses and ponies of all ages. We have Kristen Janicki coming on and she wrote an article in thehorse.com. By the way, one of our fellow uh, 
one of our fellow brands here at Equine Network, and she did an article on equine nutrition myths. It was called Equine Nutrition Myths Busted. So we're going to find out what some of those myths are and let her tell us how she busted them. And uh, Kristen has been a performance horse nutritionist for an industry feed manufacturer for more than a decade. Her job entails evaluating and improving the performance of sport horses through proper nutrition. Well, Kristen, thanks so much for joining us today. This is a fun topic. Yeah, it is. I'm glad to be with you guys. So we came up with four that we wanted to talk about today. We'll see if we get to all of them. Uh, The first myth that uh, we wanted to talk about is horses have nutritional wisdom and will seek out nutrients to meet their needs. Now, Like if they're eating dirt or something, you mean? Right. Well, right, yeah. I got to tell you, I have a Hackney pony. I don't think he has any nutritional wisdom. He eats every damn thing. So <laughs> I'm not sure this is true, but you you let us know. Uh, we get a lot of these type of questions about my horse is licking dirt or eating bark off a tree, chewing the fence, just basically being destructive. Um, so what are they missing? They're obviously seeking something out. And the answer is probably nothing. (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) um, sometimes horses do dumb things and they just chew on stuff and we don't really know why. And they've done research looking at, um, possibly what could be missing in their diet. And usually it's nothing. Now during the winter, we do see horses that, um, are on a really stemmy indigestible fiber, source like a round bale, sometimes that indigestible fiber tends to make them feel fuller faster. And so then they aren't hungry, but they need to do something. Um, so that sometimes is a, is an issue for horses that are on like a, a stemmier type of fiber that just get bored. But other than that, um, there really doesn't seem to be any reason why they would um, lick dirt or eat bark or so anything it's like boredom that. and stupidity is what we're putting that up to yeah and yeah. basic annoyance you know like yeah. they just see they see you they're like i got you i'm gonna destroy this fence right now <laughs> <laughs> jamie never had any of those no hashtag damn it zeus um so <laughs> so the second one feeding grain will cause a horse to colic now this has to be one of the most common ones i think Yeah, uh, there's a lot of things that can cause a horse to colic. So colic is basically any sort of abdominal pain, right? So, um, and we know that horses are very prone to finding ways to die. So (laughs) any, anything, any way that they can um, (laughs) cause injury to themselves, it will happen. But there is certain risks that with grain that will, you know, can increase their risk for colic, such as, you know, having large meals of it. If the large starchy meals um, of grain are are fed, that can cause digestive upsets because the larger the meal, the more um, of that feed source is not going to be digested in the stomach and small intestine and can spill over to large intestine causing digestive upsets. So it's more a it's more of a what's in it and how much you're feeding and other factors that can go into play. Like your horse isn't drinking water. There's not enough fiber um, available, et cetera. So it's not grain that causes it. Usually it's a, a combination of different factors that would go in and, you know, 
if a horse did tend to colic on grain, usually it's multifactorial, not just because of the grain itself. And where you usually see that is if a horse hasn't been getting grain and all of a sudden the owner throws a lot at them at once. Yeah, uh, you exactly. know, Or they change it and they change the quantity. Uh, you know, there's usually a change involved of some kind. Right. Uh, that, am I correct there or is that a myth? <laughs> yeah, no, okay. that is 100% true. They actually, they did a study at Texas A&M. I think it was Dr. Noah Cohen who did the study, but he looked at reasons for colic cases that were coming into their veterinary clinic. So we're talking about severe cases that aren't resolved at the barn, right? They're coming into the clinic. Um, and the reason that they found for most of the colic cases was a recent change of hay. And people don't think about that. You know, they just, you know, don't transition to different hays, different batches of hay, different fields, et cetera. Slowly, you just, you know, you're just feeding hay and just not even thinking about it. But that was the number one reason why horses were coming to to the clinic for colic. Which really sucks for us people in Florida that can't stock up on hay. So we're buying new batches all the time, you know? Yeah. 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 So it's good to actually kind of mix them in the best you can and to really limit that being a factor. So I know Jamie feeds beet pulp and my wife feeds beet pulp every day. Uh, and the myth is beet pulp must be soaked before feeding or it will cause a horse to choke or rupture its stomach. Um, and I know I've had, I believe this myth because I panic anytime she goes and the beet pulp hasn't been sitting there for like 80 hours, right? <laughs> Soaking up. And I'm like, she just put that water in there 10 minutes ago and we're feeding it already. And she's like, it'll be fine. So is it fine? It is fine. Okay, good. <laughs> in most cases, it is fine that they will not choke. It will, or they will not cause it to rupture their stomach. So, choke has a multifactorial reasons for occurring in horses, and usually it has to do with not not the texture or the consistency of what they're eating, but the speed that they eat it in. Same so with people, eating, right? It's the same yeah, thing when yeah. people choke. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. If, you didn't if chew your food. Be, right. <laughs> if you're getting the Heimlich, you really need to slow down and think about your life. <laughs> or now watch a movie with a jump scare in it. Thank you very much. That's why I had to get the Heimlich. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Absolutely. So some horses are just very excited about eating. Uh, so they will tend to eat faster and try to get as much food into their mouth as possible. So those types of horses, definitely, we know that soaking feed, whether it be bee pulp or pellets or whatever, can help slow them down in, in their eating. So anytime you have horses that are um, tend to eat really fast, have a history of choking, um, are older and have some dental issues or are in a competitive landscape, <laughs> like group feeding situation, sometimes they will eat as fast as they can. And so soaking just helps slow them down and make them like chew a little bit more. I did question. For- yeah, let, let me, let me yeah. get deeper into that. I've always heard soak, don't choke for beet right. pulp. Are you saying yeah. that beet pulp can be fed, not soaked? Yes, it can. It very rarely is, but it actually, it can, as long as the horse is able to chew properly, there's none of those factors going in. It can be fed. It's not preferred that way. A lot of times there is loose beet pulp that is in the grains that we feed, the commercial grains that we feed, and you don't even know it. So um, that's not always being soaked. 
You know, on the other side, I have noticed that a couple times that we've tried to feed it dry, they just won't eat it. It's too like dry. They don't. They don't yeah. like it as much. Yeah. Uh, that, it, yeah. Yep. That's a imagine good taking a bowl of like like um, some sort of really textured cereal in a bowl and then instead of pouring milk you just start gobbling that down i mean come on (laughs) you're gonna want some milk there's a reason we put milk in cereal same thing (laughs) it's true it's true it just shredded wheat yeah shredded wheat dry oh yeah that's not good um all right next one we're getting through these we might get to all of them um so (laughs) giving water to a hot horse will cause them to colic this has been a topic that's come up a lot in the last couple of years because there's been more research about this right um so really it's vital that any horse that is hot from exertion or the temperature just getting insane if they live out in in the southwest like in arizona and they get too hot in the sun or usually their uh, high level performance horse it's really important that they have water to help cool them down um so this is something that they need to cool down properly so prohibiting them from drinking is is going to be a problem but there is no research that shows any relationship between giving water to a hot horse and colic. Usually it has something, if there is an incidence of colic, it probably has to do with something else. It had nothing to do with the water. Water is vital to help them cool their down, cool down their body properly and restore their temperature. So So when I was a hot walker at the track and the horses would come back and they'd need to be walked, we would walk the horses by their stall and there was a bucket on the outside of their stall and we would let them drink, but only for like, you know, 30 seconds and then keep walking and go around the barn and come back and let them drink a little more. Is it right. more beneficial to, to kind of break it up like that? Or ju- are you going to just let them suck a bucket down? Um, if they drink excessively <laughs> buckets and buckets of water, it's probably best to limit the amount that they're doing. Um, but there really isn't a reason to limit any water. There's no harm in doing so. How about ice water? Does it matter the temperature of the water? Yeah, well, horses won't drink it if it's too cold. Okay. So they do prefer tepid temperature water, even in the winter. You know, they want something that's about 50 to 50, 40, 50 degrees Fahrenheit. So they prefer that temperature of water. They probably won't drink anything that's too cold. But um, just like thinking about, you know, after you go for a run, if you have like a huge glass of really cold water iced tea or something like that um you can't drink it very fast or else you get a brain freeze all right we have time for one more and i got to do this one so when we lived in pennsylvania we had a big farm and the neighbors all grew corn so when they would (laughs) you know take their cow corn in we would go out with 55 gallon drums Mm -hmm. drive around the fields and pick up all the corn that fell on the ground these are whole ears of corn we used to peel them and we used to throw them in the drums and all winter long we would give them corn on the cob treats and right. my ponies loved corn on the cob yeah. they, they would just eat it like we would you know they would eat the corn off and very seldom they ate the cobs actually but they would eat the corn off for sure and it was so funny to watch meet it one of the myths is corn is horrible for horses so if it was horrible for horses i killed my horses but the, <laughs> that pony lived to 45 so i'm saying it was the reason wow. the pony lived so long <laughs> 
So I'm giving the corn credit for that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, corn is not the enemy at all. So there is oh, a time shoo. and a place. Yeah. <laughs> There's a time and a place for corn. Now, I don't know, Glenn, if that was the best situation for your pony, because the more research that we do, the more we know that ponies are definitely prone to metabolic conditions and laminitis. Oh, I so never have fat ponies. Not he me. He might I have didn't. lived to 45, but he had no front hooves. <laughs> So, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> that's terrible. Um, so corn does have its time and a place for a horse's. Well, diet. and it's how much you feed too. Obviously, you're not yeah. giving them twelve years of corn, right? Don't right. do what yeah. Glenn did, please. <laughs> Everybody, listen. Corn please. will cause your horse to live to forty-five. <laughs> I guarantee it. No, right. <laughs> So corn itself is highly, highly digestible by the horse. We've done research on this. We know that horses digest it very readily when um, it's used as an energy source. It's high in starch. So it's around 70% starch, which is a great energy source for horses that need it, like race horses or high intense working horses. But we know that some horses just cannot handle that much starch and really need a limited diet. So um, in certain situations, it is the perfect energy source for horses. It's highly digestible, um, but not everyone needs that much energy. <laughs> well, if we go back in history, too, I know we lived in Amish country. The Amish, not so much today, but in the old days, they used to feed their draft horses a lot of corn, right? Right. One, they yes. had it because they grew it, right? So right. it was available. But they would feed corn. Now, I don't know if they fed it on, you know, they probably ground uh, again, it up. Again, but... do not, as a person who owns a former Amish horse, do not do what the Amish do. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> right. Um, but they did have, um, also with that type of situation, they had a lot of issues with tying up. Um, right. And we yeah. have learned that like in draft horses and other types of horses, tying up is related to the excessive amount of starch and sugar in their diet, which they can't process properly in their muscles. So that causes tying up. So we do know that it did cause, you know, there was some other issues that went along with it, even though it was a readily available for them so so what we, we learn a lot more bottom line when it comes down to is what we've always said about everything including human what we eat it's just don't o overdo anything right you're you, yeah you just don't overdo anything every diet should every diet of every horse should start with a great quality forage source and then go from there and build it from there so and all in mod moderation is the best to go so i have to give up my one chocolate cake a week um Probably a whole do. cake? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Kristen, you've been great. You've been a good sport to put up with us. We really appreciate it. Where can people find... I'll put a link to the article that you did in the horse, but where else can they find you? Um, I am on Facebook. I am on Instagram. So I can also be reached by email. It's kristen.janicky at gmail.com. If you want to send me a message, I'm glad to help with any diet questions. Very good. Thank you, Kristen. We really appreciate it. Well, speaking of good nutrition, Daily Dose Equine offers a full line of handcrafted horse feeds to maximize the health and performance of horses and ponies of all ages. Each custom feed has been developed with whole grains and non-GMO ingredients to eliminate the risk of herbicide contamination. They are horse people themselves and have seen firsthand the difference that superior nutrition can have with our equine partners. We invite you to learn more about Daily Dose Equine's origins and to find a formula that fits perfectly for your horse at Daily 
dailydoseequine.com. This year was the first year that Scooter was not super chunky. He actually looked good all year, and we had switched him to Carb Buster. So Carb Buster is one of their their feeds. You'll see it in there. You can go to Chewy, by the way, and get this delivered right to your house for free. And so that's where well, we get I think ours. Miles is going to need it. <laughs> yeah, Carb Buster is great. He was less chunky. And the one thing we noticed this year, he's always had skin problems. Living in Florida, a lot of horses do. But this year, his skin was better. We didn't have as many skin problems. We used to have to give him allergy medicine all the time, and we didn't have to this year. So uh, I'm blaming the carb buster. I think that was... Uh, blaming. I'm blaming it. I'm blaming it for all the good that happened. So, and guess what, Glenn? Yes. I just went to carb buster. Do they have corn in it? No corn. <laughs> no wheat. No soy. By the way, today's the day we move the horses to their new boarding stable, too. So that's what I'm doing right after the show. But my second big announcement... Before we get to weird news today, is that we have announced the Horse Lovers Cruise for 2024. And I know a bunch of you have already emailed and signed up. So uh, we're, we're excited about that. I know a lot of you had to get canceled last time because of COVID. Hopefully that won't be a problem next time. Uh, but it's February the 4th of 2024. We're going on one of the largest ships in the world called Symphony of the Seas. It's an Oasis class. I just call it a big-ass ship. It's a big ship. Um, so we're, we're taking that ship. It's a six-night cruise. Uh, a lot of these on the big ships are seven or eight nights. I wanted to find one with a six-night because I know in a lot of you can't get away from the farm that long. It's in February, so what's a better time to go on a cruise to get out of the snow and everything? Uh, we're leaving this time out of Fort Lauderdale, so if you wanted to come in a couple days early and go to the beach, you could do that. Um, and we have all the details on the website. I'll just tell you a little bit about the ship. This ship has uh, 18 decks, 25 pools, 23 restaurants, 42 bars, and uh, 2,700 staterooms, so it holds a total of 5,500 guests. The shows and all of the stuff that are on this ship are incredible. We've been on on before. Um, and it, as I said, we're going to be stopping. Uh, we're going to have a couple of sea days. We're going to be stopping at Royal Caribbean's private island of Labadee which is, in Haiti, which is one of our favorite places. It's really cool. Uh, Falmouth, Jamaica, which I've never been to Jamaica, so this will be our first time going to Jamaica. And then Nassau, which is the place where we can do the trail rides on the beach. Um, so I have to see if Jennifer's up for leading that again. She's done that a few times. So uh, we'll find out about that or if they're still open. Uh, so Fort Lauderdale, there's a airport right there. You can fly right into Fort Lauderdale. We're going to be staying overnight like we always do the night before. We recommend you come in the day before. Stay overnight with us. We always have a pizza party the night before the cruise at the hotel. Uh, and then we all head over and board the ship. And then we have a bunch of things planned on the ship. We we have a welcome reception where we all get together on the first day. We hand out goodie bags. Uh, we talk about the schedule for the week. We do a horse husband's meetup one night. And the ladies do a horsey game night. They all get together and drink bottles of wine and play game, horsey games. Uh, we're going to do our own game of trivia, horsey style. Trivia's competitions are well known on the ship. They have a bunch of them on every cruise. We're going to do our own version of that one day. And we group dinners together nightly and hang out together as much as possible. So uh, I, I imagine we'll have around 50 people and they're all listeners. So you all have something in common to talk about. 
Uh, and it's just be a lot of fun. The prices are really good. If you go to the website right now at horseradionetwork.com and click on the Horse Lovers banner, the prices will not go down over time. They always go up. So definitely, if you're going to book, book with the minimum deposit now. And so I have a get question about a cruise. Yes. So I'm watching 1923, which is the sequel to 1883. That's the one with what's his name, right? Uh, Harris and Ford. Yes. And so Spencer and Alexandra are boarding a cruise ship, but like Alexandra's ex, I can't give it all away, but like, are they still allowed to like challenge each other to a duel? I've never dueled on a cruise. No, I've never done that. I have. So you can play miniature golf. (laughs) (laughs) so there's no choose your weapon duel that is allowed do they do it on the top deck so the loser falls off into the water i'm not going to spoil anything okay yes it was on the top deck (laughs) okay yes cruise ships are a little different now too they're a little bigger than they were back then because like the captain came out was like it was like a thing or like you challenge another gentleman to a duel on the top what year was this 1800 1923. They were doing duels in 1923? There was a duel! <laughs> of course, we all know it's true, right? So, I wonder when duels ended. We need to look that up, because I don't know when duels ended. Probably with this one. <laughs> it didn't go well. All right, check out horseradionetwork.com for all the details on the cruise, and we would love to see you there. But now it's time for some weird news. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News. Yeah, this is it just keeps going. It's never ending. If you see a story and you're like, well, that is super weird, email it to me, jamie at horseradionetwork.com with weird news in the subject line, just like <clears throat> this is one week. Lindsay, Laureen, Allie, Rochelle, Glenn, Joe Lynn, Nicole, and Electra all did. Thank you, guys. I'm not telling you who sends me what because it's none of your business where they'd be reading the news. Now, this one I will tell you is Glenn. And Glenn sent me this one because he likes to shame Georgia, much like I like to shame <laughs> Florida. So he'll send me weird stuff about Georgia. And this happened in Richmond County, Georgia, which is just outside of Augusta, which is where the Masters Tournament is and like Pine Top uh, Horse Trials. Like, it's, 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 there's a lot going on out there. Well, there's a lot going on to this Richmond County, Georgia woman because she, she drove her car up to Popeye's and she ordered herself, you know, a six piece meal and some biscuits. And she started to pull away. And realize that there's no biscuits in there? Oh, so no. what she do? You got to make sure your people in Georgia have biscuits. She needs her biscuits, Glenn. <laughs> and what did she do to get her biscuits? Her name is Brenda Miller. She turned that car right around and went back to that Popeye's and drove directly into the entrance of the restaurant. <laughs> She just pulls right along, boom, crashes into the front. I want my biscuits. <laughs> um, the store is saying allegedly they gave her biscuits after she complained the first time, but she was so mad she turned around again. And she says she just didn't have any biscuits, and so she just turned around. Apparently, before the car was driven into the restaurant, she was accused of making several threats to the staff about her you missing know what? biscuits. This, let's be honest. If this goes to a jury trial in Georgia, and the jury hears this woman didn't get biscuits, they might let her off. 
She actually fled the scene, Glenn. She fled the scene. No she went home and was eating her alcohol. Biscuits. Not involved in this one. Yeah, and then uh, they did the police reports that her car was found at home with uh, massive front end oh, damage. Oh, she actually and, got it out of the building. Oh yeah, she drove it in. <laughs> I want my biscuits, and then reversed and went home. Uh, she is charged with assault and criminal damage to the property. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. <laughs> Uh, apparently, one Popeye's employee had to like Superman dive out of the way to get out of the way. I mean, imagine if you're just like sitting there with your kids and some crazy lady goes and drives her car into the Popeye's. You know what? All right, that, I'm, they're not I, the sponsor. I'm, I'm giving her that. Don't go to Popeye's. <laughs> Man, you are one pathetic loser. Yeah, Nothing she- healthy is going to happen <laughs> to Popeye's. <laughs> Those biscuits are good, though. (laughs) This is in the vein of what could possibly go wrong. Okay, what could possibly go wrong? Cornelius, Oregon. There's a gentleman whose gutters were frozen. And the water was just, you know, the snow's running off. And he wanted his gutters to work again. So he's like, I need to thaw the ice inside my gutters. So what did he do? He took a blowtorch <laughs> to his gutters. Well, it does melt ice. He's going to melt the ice. Hmm. However, what state was this again? Oregon. Oh. However, what happened was <laughs> he ended up blowtorching and catching his roof on fire. So Cornelius Fire has now offered a warning of what not to do when trying to melt the ice off your gutters. They were called up to the house fire when this guy, unnamed, Below torched his gutters to de-ice them. The entire roof caught on fire. There are photos. And uh, yeah, that's a terrible idea. Don't do that. Cornelius Fire asked people to never use open flames to melt ice or snow off a building or anything combustible. Thank you for that, Cornelius Fire. Apparently, warnings are on, labels are on things for reasons. These are like the people that use like dynamite to get the bugs out of the, or a, a mole out of the backyard, you know? Exactly. It's, it's same people. Hold my beer. <laughs> yeah, hold my beer. <laughs> I need to get that saying for this in between stories. <laughs> Where they continue with the fast food restaurant. But Glenn, where are we going to go this time? Florida. We're going to go to Florida. Jupiter, Florida. We're hitting all the goodies here today. Yeah. um, Do you know where Jupiter, Florida? Is that close to you? I don't think so. I'll look that up. I think it's down on the coast. Let me look it up. So this time we're going to go to Wendy's, not not churches or Popeyes or whatever that one was. No, don't you pick um, on Wendy's because I love the Frosties. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, um, don't work at Wendy's and, <laughs> or don't do this. Um, a Jupiter, Florida man was arrested uh, on. Oh, it's down Wednesday. near Wellington. <laughs> yeah, Loxahatchee actually. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, that's it right. Says, um, yeah, that's... Joshua James, twenty three years old, was charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. And a multiple amount of oh, other things. Oh, let me guess what he didn't get. He didn't get a Frosty. You know, it, he got what he wanted. I think oh. he was trying to be funny oh. or something. So uh, apparently James, Joshua James, pulled up for his order. He's 23 years old. Pulled up for his order and the server handed him his drink and then turned around. And that is when James thought it would be awesome 
to throw a three and a half foot alligator through the window <laughs> of the drive through into the Wendy's. That is the most Florida story chicken. in the history of Florida stories. I know. It is so Florida. Um, he was uh, charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, illegally possessing or capturing an alligator and a second degree larceny petite theft, according to Palm Beach Sheriff's Office. Um, yeah. No word of where he got the gator. I would imagine there are everywhere down there so you just pick one up and just yeah like, all the canals down there window. have gators uh but that poor you usually woman. don't carry them in the car with you that poor woman working the window oh god oh my god right. she's she's wrong <laughs> forever god she's never gonna sleep again no i'm and certainly she can't be the drive-through window girl anymore. no <laughs> No. Oh my God. That is or the he. most Florida story we've ever had. That's, that's just ha ha. Here's the alligator. And now we're going to go to Las Vegas. Yes. We're hitting all the biggies today. Yeah. You know, um, the don't we have a listener who's driving the L.L. Bean boot around? They were. Yeah. She was. Country. She's not doing it anymore. Yeah. Mandy. Yeah. Yeah, so there's the L.L. Bean boot car, but there's also the Wienermobile. We all know the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. It's a 27-foot hot dog-shaped vehicle, and um, it was parked in Las Vegas. And be honest, you don't, I know you don't eat hot dogs, but we would both love to drive the Wienermobile once, just because I want to drive it. I'm I'm a vegetarian. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to drive the thing. <laughs> um. So the it was parked in a hotel parking lot, and they're not saying which one. By the way, the Wiener Mobile has been driving around since 1936, what? and now there's a really? fleet of six. Wow! Each travel about a thousand miles a week. That's a lot of money for a freaking hot dog truck. It's a lot of hot dog trucks. Wow. So, yeah. Anyway, so it was parked at a uh, hotel in Las Vegas. I guess it had just been in um, Arizona for the Super Bowl, and they had made their way over to Las Vegas when um, the next morning, the driver, Joseph Rodriguez, got to the Wienermobile and went and got inside it, and it wouldn't start. And um, see, what ha happened was somebody went underneath the Wienermobile and stole the catalytic converter. Now, it did not make its next appearance because the catalytic converter is apparently necessary. It is a thing that people steal. And Glenn, I have tasked you with the research of why yeah. are people stealing catalytic converters? We, what do hear, they do? Well, first of all, the catalytic converter theft is up 9,000% in the last two years. And we all heard about people getting catalytic converters stolen. And by the way, trucks like ours, they love to steal truck catalytic converters because they're bigger. So I, I, like you, went, why are they, do they sell the catalytic converter? Why are they stealing it? So this is why. Catalytic converters contain high value precious metals. The value of these metals per ounce has skyrocketed and is averaging. So rhodium is in there and that averages $10,000 an ounce. They have palladium, $1,500 an ounce, platinum at $1,000 an ounce. So those three things right there, that's per ounce. Yeah, so, this is saying that the catalytic converters on the market are being sold for $1,000 a piece. Now, nobody listening, I'm not giving you um, second job ideas. Yeah, okay? that's right. Don't yes. do this. You'll go to jail. But, but now I've realized I need to park my truck in the back of the property. So the 10 vehicles most likely to be targeted nationwide are... 
Ford F-Series pickup trucks, any Ford pickup truck, Honda Accord, Jeeps, Chevrolet Silverados, Ford Ecoline, Jeep Compass, Nissan Altima, Dodge Avenger, Chrysler 200, and Chevy Cruises. So those are the most common. I don't know why. Maybe they're just easier to get under there and cut it out. But I couldn't believe when I was reading this article about what this is apparently a lucrative uh, criminal enterprise stealing catalytic converters. I'm Googling what does a catalytic converter look like? It looks like a piece of your exhaust because it is a piece of the exhaust system. But because, like, can I like put some sort of lockbox on it? Not really. And they cut them out. They just take their sawzalls under there and cut the thing out, and they're gone in a minute. But yeah, so there you go. Wow! I learned something. I learned a lot of new things today. It was a good day for learning. What did you learn today? I learned uh, a lot. I learned that. Vinyl fencing, not good in tornadoes. No. Um, I learned all ki- that corn is wonderful for your ponies. No. <laughs> um, I learned that catalytic converters are apparently full of precious metals, and who knew that? Uh, True. I, didn't, I didn't know that. The, um, the bad guys knew it. <laughs> but I want to learn in the Auditor Post show, why the hell you went to the chicken auction again? <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm going to find out. Yeah. Chad wasn't even home. Uh, no. So we're going to learn about that in the Post show. But first, I have a quote for you. And this quote is by somebody, it's unknown, who said this quote. It's, when in doubt, let your horse do the thinking. It's true. When I love doubt, it. Let your horse do the thinking. Spade, neuter, gals, everybody. Have a good one. Tomorrow we have Sidelines Magazine is joining us. Time for the Auditor Post Show. We want to remind you that this is not always safe for work or the kiddos. Thanks for hanging around for our nonsense. All right, auditors. Uh, that that uh, uh, You did a good job expla- explaining the whole story. My God, you had me on the edge of my seat. I knew what mm. happened at the end. So and, I, and I lived. And you and lived. And we all didn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, you went to the auction. First of all, Chad must have been home. Yeah, this is going to be my big fun Monday morning story to tell about was going to be the chicken auction. So, it's it's called the Chicken Coop Auction Barn, and it's in Newcastle, Oklahoma, which is about 25 minutes away. And it's big doings on a Saturday night, baby. Yeah. The Friday or Saturday? I can't remember. It's all a blur now. Um, so... My my friend Larissa has twin boys, and I have Lucas. And you know, it's really frustrating because I have to raise my child and get him to school and be like this single mom. And then Dad comes home for two days after trip, and what does Dad do? Let's party! Woo! You know, and like it has Dad guilt, which I get, uh, and you want to just hang out with your kid as much as possible, but. It was brought to my attention. We watched a uh, Catch Me If You Can. I'm going way back here. And in the movie, Leonardo DiCaprio has to learn, decide whether to live with his mom or his dad. And Lucas turns to me and he goes, I would totally live with dad. He's like way more fun. Did he say that? Yes. And I said, excuse me, do you like eating? Do you like having food? He was like, okay, here's what I would do. I would live with you during the week so you can like get me to school and like do all the things. And then I would hang out with dad on the weekends. I was like, motherfucker. 
my kid, I'm, I'm, I'm that asshole who like, I'm, I'm the taskmaster and I'm, I, and when I'm home, I have to work here at the house and also take care of him and do all the things that come along being a parent. And then Chad comes home and he's like, yeah, let's play Dungeons and Dragons and like hang out and eat pizza. And I'm just like, oh my this God. This has been the story though of every couple ever. His dad works all day and comes home and is the cool guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and it's a thing. And so the one thing that Lucas and I share is our love of animals. Chad is not an animal person. And Larissa has twin boys and she is the one who works all the time. And she also has a farm and she does a lot of things. And then her husband comes home and he's like the super fun one. And uh, so she and I decided we were going to take our children to the chicken auction and give each one of them $50 and be like, buy whatever the hell you want just buy whatever you want $50 we'll figure it out and so it was like super mom day like moms are fun <laughs> we're gonna moms bribe them awesome <laughs> we're gonna make you love us so we go to the auction and my friend alicia who lives this is good parenting in- by the way this is written in parenting 101 book this is, yeah, yeah i mean we're gonna be fun moms we're gonna be awesome moms so my friend Alicia comes, she's a veterinarian. And so she comes on, she's the first one who ever made me go to this godforsaken place. So I'm like, you have to come. So it's Larissa, Alicia, and I, um, and, and then the three boys and Larissa twins. And they're a year younger than Lucas. So they all know each other. They all get along great. So they're running around the chicken auction. And at some point I was like, you know, we can't drink heavily at the auction because we have children with us. Um, but what we can do is I bought like, Little bottles of peach schnapps, you know, like a lot of alcohol, but like tummy warming, it's freezing cold. I gave everybody a bottle of peach schnapps. And at some point I realized I'm sitting in the parking lot in Newcastle at a chicken auction on a Saturday night, drinking a peach schnapps out of a plastic bottle. But then I realized, <laughs> yeah, that's my life now. Now I'm, I'm currently in, in Oklahoma at a chicken auction, drinking peach schnapps out of a plastic bottle on a Saturday night. But I was with a doctor and a biochemist and i was like y'all's life sucks worse than mine because i'm not a doctor or a biochemist y'all are the ones doing this i'm looking up that helpline again but they don't help people in oklahoma so yeah so so i'm sitting here drinking peach schnapps in the parking lot of a chicken auction (laughs) children are running around like crazy people i've told lucas that you can buy anything that has feathers because at this point Oh my God, look at this rabbit. Oh my God, look this blah, blah, blah. There's puppies, there's kittens. And I was like, has to have feathers, bud. Has to have feathers. I've already, so I like nixed the rabbits. I nixed the goats because there was one goat that he loved. I nixed all these things except for like, I was like, it has to have feathers. What does my son find? The goddamn parakeets. I was like, the one fucking feathered animal that has to live in my house. Okay, screw it. How much can a par- par- parakeet be? Like five bucks? I mean, it's a parakeet. It has to be. And there's like 20 of them for sale. It's got to be $5. Fine. Uh, we'll get a cage from PetSmart in the morning. Like, it'll be fine. So the auction is taking for damn ever. And at this point, I was like, if we buy these parakeets, PetSmart is closed. I don't have a cage to get these parakeets home. Now, mind you, her children have found ducks. Larissa's children found mallard ducks, and they are like at the end of the auction. But the stress of a child wanting an animal at an auction is palpable. 
Okay. So we're sitting here waiting. Peggy's are on the table, mom, because they just kind of slide the cages down and the auction off one at a time, slide down, auction off, slide it down. Here come the parakeets. Five bucks, right? For a parakeet. Well, they're going cheap nowadays. Well, I, I didn't know how much a parakeet would cost at a chicken auction in Newcastle, Oklahoma, <laughs> Saturday night. I was thinking five bucks. They're like, we're going to start the bidding off at 20. I was like, what? $20? They get down 15. All right, we're going to take a start with 10. 10. Somebody bids 10. Like 11. And now Lucas is looking at me with the intensity of a thousand fires. Like, I need <laughs> these birds. We have to have, I, I actually told mom, like, if you say the word parakeet one more time, I bid one less dollar every time you say the P word. Okay, we're done. I was like, they're going to come up. What are the parakeets? What are the parakeets? How, how many parakeets are we going to get? What are the parakeets going to get? Oh, my God, where are the parakeets? I was like, what are we going to put the parakeets in the cage? I was like, stop saying the word parakeet. So I bring them up. Now, mind you, he's staring at me, and I'm raising my number. 14, 15, 16, 17. I'm like, oh, my God, am I bidding $18 for a freaking parakeet? $18. Did it come with the cage? No, Glenn. (laughs) Turns out it didn't. Didn't come with a parakeet cage. Do you know what I don't have? A parakeet cage. So... Then the lady who's selling the parakeets, I'm like, oh, I need two two eighteen dollar parakeets, and I, I would like to buy your cage. She's like, cage not for sale. Um, yeah, but how am I supposed to get a parakeet home? It's not like you put can hold pocket. it in your lap or put it in your pocket. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I got this little. Uh, she get, puts it in a to go container, like a to go food container, it's like Chinese to go. <laughs> yeah, and that's what she was giving them all away in the to go Chinese food container. And I was like, oh, my God. He's like, can I look at it? I was like, but if you open that up, these suckers <laughs> yeah, are gone. Don't look at it. <laughs> don't look at it. We'll just figure something out. Well, at this point, I'm I'm $40 into parakeets because <laughs> I have to pay with the credit card and they charge extra. So I'm 40. I got $40 worth of parakeets and no cage and PetSmart is closed because it's freaking 10 o'clock on a Saturday night. And I'm with my child after I've been drinking peach knots in the parking lot. <laughs> So I look around, I'm like, all right, I see some sort of like tiny quail cage like in the corner. And I walk over and I was like, whose cage is this? Whose cage is this? Oh, that's Jed's. I'm like, well, I need to talk to Jed because I need to buy this cage. So Jed comes over. Mind you, this is a like (laughs) zip tie. There are zip ties across the thing, but it's like at least breathable for a parakeet. It's probably like six by six, like zip tied nightmare (laughs) mess. And I was like, listen, Jed, I bought, I can cuss, right? Oh, yeah, you're official. I'm in Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> and Jed, you're in I Oklahoma. I bought a goddamn parakeet and I need a fucking cage. <laughs> I was like, so I need this cage. What do you want? He's like, man, I'm, let me tell you, this is a piece of garbage. A piece of garbage. And he's like, I'll take 20 bucks for it. And I was like, fuck, sold. I don't care. <laughs> so now I'm $60 into parakeets at this point. So we put the parakeets in the zip-tied mess of a cage. At that point, the ducks come out, and Larissa's children are psychotic about these damn ducks. We have to have these ducks. It gets down. They're like, all right, we'll take $35. $35. Larissa pays $40 per duck. Okay? And they're like, how many do you wow, want? Ducks are She's expensive. Like, I want all of them. I want all of the ducks. So she has 140 
$40 worth of, $120 worth of ducks at this point. And she's got a crate where she's put the ducks. And she's like, we need to build a duck coop. I don't have a duck thing. I just come in here to buy baby chicks. <laughs> so I walk home with parakeets. She goes home with mallards. And we did not <laughs> expect that. But we let the children pick because we're fun moms, right? We're fun moms. And at this point, now I'm like, I, I, what am I supposed to do with this piece of garbage cage that is disgusting, full of quail poop that is also zip tied together. I need a cage. Larissa goes on, oh, there's a parakeet cage on, you know, Facebook Marketplace in Oklahoma City an hour and a half away. I'm like, God dang it. So now I have to wake up Sunday morning and drive up to North Oklahoma City before a fucking storm coming to buy a fucking parakeet cage and come home with a parakeet cage. And of course, the parakeet's new. So guess who has to come in the tornado shelter with us with a puppy <laughs> who doesn't know what a parakeet is? His name is Winter. By the I way, we bought who's two queen? parakeets, Glenn. Guess what didn't make it through the first night, Saturday night? I have to explain to my child. He's like, one of the parakeets died. And I was like, oh, he's like, why did it die? And I'm like, I don't know, because we bought him at a chicken auction. Scared the crap out of it, so why it died. <laughs> uh, so now. You're lucky the doing? one lived through the storm, the other one. <laughs> oh, it was, it was cuddled up with me in my arms in a cage. Okay. <laughs> now, here's the other thing. Now I'm I'm forty dollars into the second cage, twenty dollars in the original cage, twenty dollars into each bird, one of which is now dead. So I'm twenty, forty, sixty, eighty, and a hundred dollars in. Then I gotta buy food and I gotta buy the toys and the chewy things. So at this point I'm like two hundred dollars in for one fucking parakeet. <laughs> and now guess what I have to do, Glenn? I have to buy another parakeet because it needs a friend. <laughs> That'll be so fifty dollars. I, <laughs> I go to PetSmart and I'm like, I just need a parakeet. I walk in. Do you know what PetSmart sells parakeets for? Oh, it's either going to be a lot less or a lot more than you paid. 50 fucking dollars. And I was like, <laughs> no, I will find a rescue. I will grab a bird out of a tree and put it in with this parakeet. Grab one of the swallows out of the barn. You'll be fine. Exactly. <laughs> so now I'm in the market for a second parakeet. And so I go on the auction website. I'm like, hey, one of these parakeet died. I need another one. Who's got a parakeet? And people have messaged me from all over the state of Oklahoma. The minimum drive for one parakeet is two and a half hours that have been offered me. I'm like, hey, go to I Amazon. Can't. They probably have them. They'll ship them. Oh, I can't. I can't. I Chewy will parakeet have parakeets. Thing. I even was at, I was at, I was at uh, PetSmart and I'm like, okay, so you have like four or five really exotically colored parakeets and then you have some white ones. Are the white ones discounted? Because I'll take a discount parakeet. No, they're the same price. Why? Nobody wants a white parakeet with red eyes. Like, give me that one. It's there's got to be a sale on some of these. Oh, no, and by the way, I bet you the cage costs more than the parakeets. The cages at PetSmart were $250 for like one of those oh. tiny little cheap, cheap cages, you know? So oh. I went on Amazon Marketplace and drove an hour and a half to pay $20 for one that this lady. And then I get to the door and the lady's like, oh, you have, I, got, I just got a parakeet. She's like, you just got a parakeet. I have five. And I was like, will you please sell me one? And she's like, no, I like mine. <laughs> now, <sighs> let me ask you, uh, who has agreed to clean the parakeet cage? Oh, it's all him. Now, can I? Will can that I happen? Just, he's he's been he's been. I mean, it's a new. The, the romance is new, so he's doing pretty <laughs> good. Changed the waters this morning, all that. And parakeet cages are really easy. You just pull the paper towel out, put another. Oh, there's paper so towel much in. crap you can buy for a parakeet cage too. Oh God. Oh yeah. All the extras. <laughs> can I explain to you how thrilled 
My oh, husband oh, was. Oh, yeah. The husband didn't know. He calls me. I'm at the auction. He's <laughs> like, how's it going? Did you get some chickens? I'm like, yeah, I got some baby chicks. I did, did the typical, like, re- Replenish the the stock, the you know, and I was supply like, that died off. Yeah, yeah. He's like, "What did Lucas get?" And I'm like, "Oh my god, these parakeets!" And he was like, "What? <laughs> you got parakeets?" And just flipped out on the phone. And I'm like, "You are in like Maine right now." You, he was like, "You should have asked me." I can't believe you bought parakeets without asking me. And I'm like, "This is mom time. Mom gets to do cool <laughs> shit with the kid, and you're ruining my night." And it's a <laughs> The, it's a fucking three-inch tall bird. Really? Are you that pissed about a three-inch tall bird? You should have talked to me. You'd be so believe. damn hard to argue with just because you go into this whole thing. It escalates from zero to 100 in about one second. Come at me, bro. <laughs> no, no at I know better. <laughs> He's a, so so like I'm sorry. I've that's just the reason we've been a, able to do this show for 14 years. <laughs> I've taken a parakeet through a tornado in a shelter with me, and he gets home, and he's like Monday morning after the cleanup. He comes in, he's like, "All right, let's talk about this parakeet thing." And I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me right now? Are you serious?" He mustn't be home. <laughs> he is not home. <laughs> It's good he doesn't listen to our show. He's golfing right now, so he can. <laughs> but everybody can relate because we all have these things with our spouses. There's always the thing, that's the thing that causes this. And I was like, by the way, bitch, I need a second parakeet. <laughs> so there will be two. Okay. <laughs> Poor Winter is. You know in they her can live cage. by themselves. You know that, right? He is depressed. His friend died, Glenn. <laughs> okay. 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 All right. And by the way. By the who way, friends, parakeet friends girl, die all the time. <laughs> who had to put her big girl pants on and take the dead parakeet out of the cage? This guy! Did you feed it to yeah. the local fox to throw it in the woods? I don't want to... Lucas, like, what'd you do with it? I was like, I buried it, buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like those cats that go missing. Yeah. I returned the it to the The cat just went missing. We don't know what happened to the cat. He ran away and didn't come home. Yeah. So, all of that... My Aren't you glad is... you didn't have a cat? By the way, the cat wouldn't be in the shelter with you. <laughs> the cat would be on his own. Poor Homer. <laughs> he is so confused as to... I mean, Homer just figured out the guinea pigs. <laughs> oh, now he's got a bird. Now he's got a bird. doesn't shut he's... up. <laughs> he's actually really quiet because he's depressed because he needs a friend. <laughs> well, you know what I would do if I were you honestly having owned oh, parakeets in the past? I can't wait for you to tell wait me. Wait about a week to see if this one dies. Because if the one dies, there's a shot the second one's going to die. So I'd wait about a week. Or else and, you're going to be in an endless... And, and then i got to go buy some new fucking well, but if, if Apparently it, I'm a bird owner but forever. But this is why. If it was a disease that killed the bird, this bird might have the disease. You get a new bird, it's going to have the disease, and you're going to be in an endless cycle of buying parakeets. So uh, give this one a week. Uh, yeah, I already told the people. I thought about that, actually. Yeah. And I was like, I'm meeting. Apparently, I'm going to attempt to meet another parakeet owner next Sunday. Yeah, well, the well that'll be good. The local be a feed week. store. Because yeah. who doesn't buy parakeets out of parking lots of feed stores? God bless. I've had a tornado, a sinus infection, and a parakeet disaster at a chicken auction. 
What is wrong with my life? <sighs> what have I become? I used to be living in a city. I was a professional. I dressed up and put makeup on to go to work. Right now I'm sitting you in a bathroom talking to you about a living. I did red carpet events in Los Angeles. And here I am <laughs> buying parakeets and drinking peach tops in parking lots. Of Your hair hasn't been combed in a week. Uh, you're wearing the same clothes as three days ago because you haven't done washing in a week. I need a shower. <laughs> Congratulations. You made it through yeah, another bow show. Thank you for I all your shower. support. Thank now, you, shower. Go ride your horse. <laughs>